right, Tommy is back to tell us about Tommy's excellent adventures. This is going to be, I can't wait for this because you are doing some wild things. We've had people on the show who have run a lot of marathons, who've done a lot of different kinds of races, and they're fun to talk to. And I love those conversations. You're doing it in a way that's like, you're just running fast a lot for a very long period of time. And it's wild to see from afar. I can't wait to hear more about this. Tommy, tell people what, what, what you're what you're doing, what, what this whole plan is before we start kind of detailing and, and figuring out what's going on. First off, I like I like the Tommy's fun fun adventures. Right? What was it? Tommy's excellent adventures. I like that. Yeah, Tommy's excellent <laughs> excellent adventures. Um, I'm gonna pulling, change pulling the name. movies from my my uh, yeah. long forgotten youth at this point. Uh, <laughs> long forgotten. I'm gonna change I'm gonna change the name. So I'm doing like this thing called I've, I've we've deemed like the Redemption Tour, um, which consists of a marathon in September. That was Erie Marathon on 911, uh, and then the next one was Chicago. And that was on the 6th of, 9th of uh, October. And then the next, the final stop of the Redemption Tour is on the 6th of November in New York City. And I've just been going after it. The first one was to kind of um, requalify for Boston. It was actually the day before the cutoff to sign up for Boston. So, like, that was that was imperative that that happened because in Boston last year, I didn't have the best experience, didn't have the best race or didn't have the plan, the race that I planned for due to a, due to a small injury, um, finished the race, but just did not requalify. So I had to get that in there. I had qualified for Chicago with my same time that I qualified for Boston in the year before. So I was already there and then going to run uh, New York with, with uh, New Balance, uh, Aaron and I are going to be doing that. So that just made sense. Like, hey, might as well do all three. And I feel like I'm on this road to redemption, getting back to good health and good running and going back to Boston. I love I love the shirts. Yeah, the shirts, nice. so the shirts are the shirts are so stupid, man. Like, <laughs> I got to say it like because when I first saw it, Aaron created it. He's like, hey, I got this idea, man. You know, so he shot him at me and I looked I looked at him I'm like, this is ridiculous. Um, but I'm going to have it done. He's like, are you serious? Are you really going to do this? I'm like, yeah, might as well. So I put a, put a feeler out there to see who wanted them. And like, it, like 15 people said that they would, you know, buy them. So I'm like, fine, I'll print them. So I printed them up and, uh, did that. And I had to reorder some more and it's just really cool. Um, the vibe was like that old, like nineties hip hop, you know, tour energy like the shirt looks like one of those old like yeah i was gonna say 2006 i like the 2006 early little wayne vibe yeah but then but early little wayne vibe got it from probably sooner than like you know sooner than that like you got that from like you know like the like uh, there's like tupac shirts out there that look like that there's okay and kind of like in that nirvana feel too like those 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 uh really cool legendary tour vibes but yeah man it was like yeah it, it was really cool um and I was excited to like, yeah, like Master P back in the day. They had like those yeah, type that of was shirts, the name like, no I was limit. thinking about. I was yeah, like, yeah. It wasn't coming to me. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah no limit. Like, you know, the guy who tried out for the, the, the Hornets. What was yeah, 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 yeah. That guy, that guy that was almost good enough to be in the NBA, but still very good enough to be a businessman and make a lot of money and make a lot of music. Um, but yeah, so like the, the shirts are ridiculous. They have my face on them three times. Um, picking them up from the the printer is very odd. Like, and he didn't say anything to me. Like, he didn't, like, go, like, oh, are you? Like, nothing. He just said, hey, I think they came out good. And I'm like, he didn't ask any questions. So I like that guy. Um, but, yeah, it's been fun. I love it. All right, so is this a redemption from Boston? Or what's, what yeah. is the redemption? Yeah, of? so it's, like, it's a redemption from Boston, but, like, it's also, like, the, a redemption at just the, the training. Because, I mean, the training is what – the training is the hardest part. Like, if you're – Really, you know, if you if you got like a sixteen week training block, that's a long time to be running. That's a long time to be consistent. It's asking the body to do a lot, you know. And so, I mean, that's where I got. That's where the injury came in. It wasn't like I didn't injure myself during the race, you know. So, um, it's a, it's like a both trying to get back to that like feeling good, you know, trusting the body vibe, getting the redemption on that, but then also getting the redemption on the training and to show myself like I can go through that process again. Right, and you're a driven person. You've got a lot of goals, and you're a hard worker, extremely organized. I've been able to see this from behind the scenes. Uh, it's, it's always remarkable to me to see it in person. With that said, from a running perspective, you know you have leveled up a lot in the last yeah. three to five years. So you're hitting you're hitting new levels all the time, and obviously, 
from an improvement, you know, see if you're like, say, graph out your improvement, right? You're going to obviously, and everyone's like this, you're going to hit a point where improvement becomes harder, mm-hmm. right? Because you're getting closer and closer, not to maybe your potential, but just the easy wins aren't coming, yeah. right? All the wins are a little bit harder to get to and, and things like that. So what's it been like for you as like, you know, running, say, a sub 305 marathon, like, obviously, it's hard work, but it's not yeah. like... It's not, it's not like this wild out-of-the-box thing for you anymore. What's it like in terms of having goals and trying to like reach new levels and coming to grips with maybe how hard it can be now that you've had such a drastic improvement over the last three to five years and you're just an incredibly fast individual at this point? Um, I mean, it, uh, like I'm definitely just it, – it's I guess I never really thought about it like that. I mean, I'm just kind of doing – I do it because of the process. I like the process of – you know, that running showed me a lot, like, you know, running, <clears throat> you know, prior to like going through a training block and really having to trust it. Cause you, like I said, some uh, the other day, like you can't, you don't, you don't know if you're going to be able to run the marathon in the pace that you're training for. Like you literally have to trust that, trust the process. Like that whole cliche, trust the process is so real because you can't really see during the training block that you're getting any better. Cause I mean, you, Sometimes you have like these really good workouts that are okay. I think I'm ready, but you're getting physically, physically and mentally, you're getting more tired as you go through this this time. So you don't. It's like a couple. There's a lot of moments in there where you're like, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do this because like I'm super tired now and I only had to do eight miles at my at my tempo or at my pace. You yeah, know, we've all been there, right? <laughs> right. So it's like I have no idea, and you just really have to just trust and work on the recovery and all that. Um, so like I like that weird balance and I, and it's kind of showed me other things in life that you can go after like crazy goals you can do crazy things as long as you really focus on the process and just kind of trust it and make sure you stay diligent and, and consistent and all that um so i don't really look at it like <clears throat> it's getting tougher or different i just kind of like as i go i base my next set of goals on what i've done you know like if i run a if you know my pr is 248 for a marathon then you know, my coach and I take that, take that, break it down into, okay, what's next for like a 5k. So you kind of build back up, like what would be your 5k goal and let's work from here. And then if you go out and run a, you know, 20 minute 5k, then you can kind of extrapolate and say like, here's where I could be for the marathon. And what, what does that training look like? So I just like that change because it never stops. Like you can always go backwards and go, Hey, I want to run, try to run a faster 5k. And if you do that, then you can blow that out to like what, a training block would look like for a half marathon or a full. So how did you view this fall in terms of, um, obviously you're, you're enjoying the process, you're embracing the process, you're trying Mm -hmm. to improve through it. At the same time, you're going into these races. They're not just long runs. Right. Yeah, so how did you I try embrace... to think about it like they are. It's <laughs> yeah, so like, well, I'm paying 150 bucks for a long run this weekend. See y'all yeah, later. True, um, true. so what, what is it like for you in trying to go in? How do you approach these races, uh, from, um, from a goal perspective or how you want to, even if it's not a time goal, but just like yeah. how you want, how you want to run those races. And then how do you maybe like backfill the training to kind of match that intent? Well, like the first one was, was definitely to requalify for Boston. So, I mean, I had every goal of running like 256, 257, um, just because I felt like that's, a, that would have been a definitely a, a really decent effort. You know, I mean, I'm not saying like it's so easy, like it's break not a, sub three and give yourself a little bit of a margin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, okay. I need 305, but I didn't, you know, I still needed it to be like a, a workout in a, in a thing. I mean, cause we're replacing it with like a really heavy, you know, um, Sunday long run, you know? Um, so I definitely went after it there just to make sure it was like, I got my number. I think I ran 255 something, I think. Um, and then, uh, so for Chicago though, that was a little different. Chicago was meant to be this very big progressive long run. It was supposed to be started like 740 pace and slowly ease, you know, get, hit the gas and go through this until the end of the t- first 20, um, would have been, down to six six forty, you know, like so. I was supposed to like have this minute of of uh, progression, but Chicago is an amazing race, amazing people out there, amazing crowds. Never hit the seven minute pace at all. I started at like six fifty eight or something like that. <laughs> um, so I missed the whole thing, but forever. So I just had to like in that. That was a, a really hard race. I mean, it was a tough workout because I wasn't going into it expecting to have to get that close to the well. Um, but it was really, it was really cool mentally though, because I got to, um, 
make a, make decisions on the fly. Like, okay, well, now that we're here, now that you just like in life, like now that we're here, what do you do? Like, you can't go back and take the last five miles off and you use that energy. So how do you figure out the way to get to the rest of this? So to answer your question, like the first one was really about maybe going 85, 90% just to get the job done. Um, this one was supposed to be less effort, but Chicago ended up being a little more effort than it should have been. But I feel like I was okay and within reason. So I just got that done. I think I did 256 and some change. Um, and so this one though for New York is supposed to be like the go after it, leave your, leave your legs in the city. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. All right, let's talk about Chicago then. So you're in that situation where you went out harder than expected. I think a lot of people, mm. especially <laughs> newer marathoners, can relate to yeah. that. Obviously, like you didn't, you basically went out still slower than you know. Right, race right. Pace. It wasn't. Yeah, I didn't go like crazy out of the gate, but right. Yeah, it's not like you like went out at like half marathon pace or something, but, but went out faster than <laughs> yeah. you anticipated yeah, going yeah. out. Right. Yeah. So you're in that situation, like, all right, now I got to like figure this out. So did you go into that race? untapered like how did how did that Um, leading up look yeah these weeks look weird though because it's like you know i had to recover from the first marathon in september so like that was a weird week and then i ramped back up as quickly as possible to get back up to 50 something miles or whatever um the taper was very it was very minimal like i just didn't do a big effort like the wednesday before i normally work out on wednesdays so the workout on wednesday before was similar to what a what a wednesday prior to a normal marathon would be because i always do a workout on wednesday prior to the race oh let's but talk about a, that i know a lot of people they always want to know what to do week of so how, what, what's kind yeah, of worked for you so for for me it's like the last large effort, big effort big workout would be like 10 days out or so um and then there's like the long run the the biggest long run for me prior to a normal marathon is 14 days out then the sunday seven days before is like a 10 mile long run typically very easy keep it chill then the Wednesday prior to the race is typically like a like a eight by eight hundreds or six by eight hundreds or something like that. Something that the, the the total mileage of the day isn't even in the double digits really. It's just like one of those runs that really gets your legs turning over a little faster than what you probably have been doing for the the strength workouts that you've been you know putting in. Because a lot of times like towards the end of a marathon training block, you're at like you know. 10 mile tempos, 12 mile tempos, whatever it is that you're, that, that you're playing. And you're kind of more at that like marathon goal pace or half marathon goal pace, whatever your race is. Um, so you're not used to like that quicker turnover. That's kind of forcing you to get an 800 or 400 in and get it over with. Um, so the, the week, the, the workout, the week of is typically shorter and quicker intervals just to get the wheels turning. So you kind of feel fresh reminders, remind yourself what, that speed feels like so by the time you get back to like race day then you kind of have that balance of strength and remembering like my legs do go fast so it's like so it's pretty it's pretty um i guess that's pretty standard i mean a lot of people's like last week is very chill um but in the grand scheme of things you know depending on the work you've done before one small workout in the middle of the week doesn't really change much um at all really yeah, for me, it's more of always been like, all right, just don't screw it up. Like, better, yeah, yeah, definitely bear, don't bear leave on race. the side of yeah, of don't leave your being more up. chill than being more aggressive. And that's the big thing too. Like, you don't, especially that week, that workout, that long run that has some work in it, or like the big, the big last workout ten days before. Like, it's very important for me to like hit those paces, um, but to not overdo that work because you're trying to prove to yourself something for the race. Like, you, you know, if you feel like everything's no matter what you've done it is what it is you've done what you've done if you don't feel underprepared you can't go the you know two weeks before and go crazy in a long run and and blast through and try to prove like oh i can do this like you have to just trust that you're are where you are and it'll work out for you on race day so never overdo those workouts especially as you get closer to the marathon to try to like prove or like you know kind of stroke your ego and say like okay i'm good i'm good to go because you can leave i've heard people feel like they left their their goal pace or their marathon out on like a training block somewhere because they went too crazy and they tried to push and feel great this one last time and a lot of times you can mess up the 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 peak of your ability right yeah and especially if it's kind of like even not just like one day it's like coming yeah. like a couple of days in a row like you, you hammer a workout then you hammer a long run then you hammer another workout and it's like over that like nine day span you probably put out a ton of energy and it's like it's kind of yeah. hard to get that back yeah, Sometimes. you can't. Yeah, you got to be careful with that. 
So we're a couple weeks out from New York, yeah. as as you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> how are the legs feeling? I mean, you put two sub three hour marathons in the in the bank already. The legs are feeling good. I actually, um, I so I, I have this like thing that that's bothered me. So I actually took two days off because it's like a like upper left leg thing, like where I, the hinge point of your hip and all that. So it doesn't like it's not doesn't stop me from running. But the last workout, I pulled the plug because like I'm like I don't want to. I don't want to finish this workout and then have to look back and say, dang it, if I had rested that day, maybe I'd be okay. So I think the fitness the fitness is there. My legs feel fine other than this one little issue that I'm kind of like trying to make sure it goes away before, you know, before next week. Um, because I want next week to be a nice, solid week and then really start that taper um, into the week, pro- the week before. Um, New York. So legs are feeling good. I feel very confident in the, in the ability and the, in the pace, but I just want to make sure that like I'm as healthy as possible because, you know, I just don't want any, any, uh, Boston replays, you know, for sure. And do you have people you're going to be running with in New York? Obviously there's like, it's yeah, a huge so, marathon. You have a lot of people and, but yeah. like at the same time, like you're, you're running at a pace that not a lot of people can match. So how are you going to work that? Well, I mean, uh, Aaron's going to be there. Aaron, my uh, co-host of the PR project, he'll be there. He'll be at a slightly different pace than me. Um, but, you know, so he'll be out there running and going after PR. Um, I will, uh, the pace that I'll be at, I'm assuming, I mean, New York is just a huge race. There's going to be so many people. It's a fast, it's not a fast course really, but there's a lot of fast people that are going to be there. Um, and yeah, fast is super um, subjective because like, I'm definitely not fast in comparison to like some people, but you're fast compared uh, to everyone listening to this show. It makes you feel any better. I don't know. Well, uh, <laughs> I don't know. This isn't the Cities um, Mag podcast. We don't have a bunch oh, right, of like okay. you know track speedsters <laughs> listening on repeat. You know, and the, the, the college track stars aren't tuning into like, the Rally Runner podcast. This, it's people like this, me, we're like two forty eight. That's a good half marathon. <laughs> so like this isn't the more. This isn't the AM shakeout. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, yeah. No, I think that like I think there'll be a lot of people in my 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 zone you know like right where i'm at like there'll be a lot of there'll be big packs of people that are running 240 245 250 you know like i feel like there'll be some nice sections there and i think i'll just find that group stick in with them um like i did for like for for glass city in 2021 glass city is not a big race i mean i think it's 1500 people or maybe to 2000 possibly for the full and i think that year might have been even lower than that because it was the year after the pandemic um but even then, I I was with a, a 250 group pretty much. It wasn't like a pacer, but we all were in that group looking for 250-ish. Um, and there was like nine of us all the way through mile 20. So like that's all you really need. If you're out there and like no matter what pace you're at, um, the cool thing about you know uh, being up above a three or a three-hour marathon or above is like you have those pace groups that are really good sometimes. So you really can like lock in. And even within those pace groups, sometimes pacers get – a little too fast or a little too slow or something like that you'll find people that will will be spur off of those groups that you can lock in with because like you know you'll hear the guy say like man this guy's going too fast or going too slow then you i've never seen a pace group in the first 10 miles hit their pace i gotta tell you i gotta tell you i gotta so i was just so i was using the, the three hour group to try to like pull back you know um and run with my friend joe um and we were just running and we're looking down at the watch in the we were in the at the back of Corral A on purpose. The Corral B three hour group caught up to us at like mile three, like they started two minutes after us. So we're look we look down when we see this this three hour sign. I'm look and it's our pay, our watch was at like th- at six forty six thirty something. Every now and then, like they were surging and he was talking. The guy had, was like giving people like he was like a tour guide. Like to your right, you'll see blah 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 and you know, whatever. And I'm sure some people loved that, but like, I knew he was going way too fast, you know, like, so we just stuck yeah. with him, but I was just thinking about some of these other people around that like, I'm sure they're looking down, like, I don't know if this is where it's supposed to be, but some I, people I might not be burn to watch. They might be like, I'm just going to go on autopilot. Like I'm just, I'm going to, that may work out great for me. You know, then, then that's great. Like if you look up and you finish at 256 instead of three, but yeah, but if you can run a sub three hour marathon by starting the first 10 miles of 630 pace, then you don't need a pace group. It's like yeah, I mean, almost yeah, the pace yeah. group becomes good for people who don't even need it in the first place. Like yeah, I was talking like, yeah. to some of my athletes heading into Chicago, and <clears throat> I was telling them the same thing. I was like, "Listen, I think pace groups. I, I feel be, two ways be, about them. They can be perfect. I feel but. two ways about them. I feel like in the first ten miles, you just you can't. You just have to you have to like completely leave them alone. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
for the exact reasons we just mentioned. I mean, I, I was at Eugene. It was an awful race for me. First two miles, I run. I think the first mile is uphill. It was like the, it's a very flat course, but the first mile mm-hmm. is like a 60-foot incline or whatever. So not big, but it's 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 a somewhat noticeable incline. I run it in 7:55. I got passed by three pace groups: <laughs> the eight-minute pace group, the 8:15, and the 8:30. I ran 7:55 uphill. Oh. And I got passed by three pace groups in the first mile. I'm like, this yeah, is no. crazy. And then but, you passed them. So when did you pass them? Well, I, I like DNF the race. We're not together, okay, okay. But, <laughs> yeah, we don't have to talk about, we don't have to talk about but this. I would, but, this, but on the other hand, so I think the first time I was, you have to just, unless like literally like your best friend is the pacer and you've been running with them for years, you know, like, yeah, yeah. leave them alone. Second half of the race, completely different story, right? The second half of the race, they're probably right on pace. They probably got mm. it dialed in. Mm. right last six to eight miles right around the wall if you see a pace group who cares what the pace is lock in with them right you're gonna get the group effect right you can maybe like kind of shut off your brain for a little bit you get a little mm-hmm. bit of a drafting because even at like 10 minute mile pace drafting is real right mm-hmm. like you kind of tuck in i think in the second half especially the last six to eight miles if you see a pace group hey latch on even if just for a little bit i think it can be really helpful but stay away in those first 10 miles and this is a, a kind of a random yeah. departure but like i, I guess no, i feel no, pretty strongly it's... about it no, I mean, it's real, though, because a lot of people's marriage, you can, because someone, a pace group going out a little too fast, you know, can be amazing for someone who just needed the help to get to, like, feeling okay with that pace that they set. But then it also could make people bomb their races in, extre- you know, extreme positive splits, you know what I mean, if if you're going out too fast. So, yeah, it is, it, you have to kind of trust your watch, trust your training. And then if you happen to find a group that is running exactly what, you know, on the numbers, then that's great. But yeah, you got to be careful with that, you know? Yeah. So do you have, so you don't have anyone you're going with to the race that like you already know that's kind of like in your range? No, I mean, there's, I know that there's going to be people that run the race that that I know, but I just don't know what their, what their paces are going to be. I know that like, I'm not sure if Knox Robinson is, is running or not, but. He's. I would assume that if if he's running, then I could probably run with him and figure out when I'll let him leave because he's he's probably faster than me. Um, and then um, you know, Erica Stanley's gonna be there. She's just. Uh, I don't know where she's gonna be uh, numbers wise, but I'm sure that um within the the days before. That's like you know, like people say like you know the first couple of days before the marathon in New York or in Chicago. That's like when you pick up your bib and all that stuff. That's important. Get your bib. You have to have that. But it's also really cool to network and see like who's running what that you may know or met on Instagram or whatever. So you can go to race day in that big corral with all these strangers and maybe have a couple of people that you didn't expect to run with that you you know that you met or talked to the days before. Well, who knows? Maybe someone's gonna listen to this podcast. We're talking all yeah, about it. What, okay, what, what, all right. what, are you, what are you hoping to do? Maybe have someone reach out Man. to you on Instagram. You're like, hey, I'm trying to run that time. Uh, so my PR is 2:48. I want to PR. So like, I mean, I think that my goal right now is to go to get to around 2:45 ish pace um, and just hold for. Um, I'm like a cruise control type of runner, um, except for these, except for Chicago because that was designed to go a little faster but i'm definitely a cruise control i'm gonna get to the pace that i want to get to and i'm just gonna stay there for as long as humanly possible and then if at the end you know um i can speed up i will if i can't i'll stay there and i'll still hopefully still hit that goal got it that's so like kind my, of that's go my up whole the bridge mindset. go down the bridge and then try to lock into pace yeah like so i've heard that like that first i've heard the first mile is super deceiving because it's like you're struggling up that hill, but then all of a sudden you bomb down on the other side, and then you'll you go into like it's quiet, 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 and then all of a sudden you're into the city, into the crowd, and they say like the first few miles or first five really, you can look down and realize you're you're way quicker than what you're supposed to be because of just that energy and because that downhill lets you breathe a little bit. So I hope to get, I plan to get to the bottom of that hill and and almost hit the brakes, like just okay, slow down, back to the pace, because I'm sure at the bottom of the hill I'll be going much faster than. The design phase. right yeah you don't want to be running downhill with the brakes on no 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 you got to just go bomb into the city and then like maybe a quarter mile into the city after you get the vibes and get your chills and all that stuff pull it back slow down um and so a quick question too so, so do you um because you have you coach folks right so yeah. do, do you ever tell people to if they need need be like stop and drink water like drink gatorade or whatever like stop at the aid stations um, it depends on their, it depends on like their, uh, their ability going into the race, mm-hmm. right? Kind of, kind of their fitness level. So I've had people who kind of went into a marathon 
who were like they're like they just want they really wanted the marathon experience they wanted to run a marathon very badly they probably haven't had the lead up that you would traditionally want mm-hmm. heading into a marathon so they're kind of viewing it more as like this is just an adventure this is not like like there's there might be some walking here the last part of the race is going to be pretty tough but like they're just this is what they want to do so we're going to help them do it for those people I always say like, hey, walk through the water station, walk through the aid stations, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's probably a good chance you're going to be walking through part of this race anyway, because mm-hmm. you're just not quite ready to run 26 miles right now. So going through the water stations and the aid stations, walking through them is huge because it, it does kind of reset you. It does take some of the pounding off and it allows you to get all the nutrition and water you need. Because then these people, by advent of what I just said, are obviously going to be out there for a long time. So mm-hmm. they need this to replace the water, the electrolytes and the food. Right. Mm-hmm. So for those people, I tell them, walk through the aid stations. It's only going to be like 30 to 30 seconds to 60 seconds. But right. it, will, it will help you out immeasurably. Right. Almost yeah. treating it like an ultra in a sense. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like really yeah, making sure. sure that you make the most of those times. Um, for other people, my feeling is like if you can if you can manage eating and drinking on the run or even on the jog, maybe it's just a slowdown to make mm-hmm. sure you can get it in, then that's fine. But I don't, besides the people who are just viewing the day as an adventure rather than a race, I, yeah. I, usually, I usually don't say walk through the aid stations unless like they really are having trouble you know, getting water down. So the, yeah, the reason why I asked that, cause I thought, cause I stopped a couple times in Erie um, just to make sure I got them. Cause I'm, I'm really bad at the, at the pinch, pinch in the cup thing. It's I'm, tough. It's no, so hard. No, people say, like, oh, it's so, just do this. Just I've done that. I get it. It always <laughs> ends up up my nose, on my shirt, something. Like, it It never right. fails. So, and I and I, I feel like I take less, less fluid that way. Um, and the anxiety of, like, choking on, on Gatorade mid-run is pretty intense. So, I've stopped a couple times in, in Erie, but I stopped a bunch of times in Chicago. Like, didn't even care. Like I stopped, stood, and took a couple dr- swigs of of uh, Gatorade or whatever I was drinking um, to make sure I was good. But and for you, there was no pressure. It was a long run. So did yeah. you feel like it worked for you? Because it was, I think it was kind it, of a nice like, way to experiment. Well, I feel like it did um, because I've done, I've slowed, I've slowed down before um, in in races that you know because Chicago was like so Chicago was, Chicago was definitely different, and I know that, and I'm just trying to like process like how I'm going to handle New York though still. Because, like, I felt like every time I slowed down, it was only for 10 seconds. Mm-hmm. And then within that, within the, when I started running again, it did, wasn't like I lost touch of the person or people that I was running near. You know, like, I ended up catching them within a quarter mile anyway without having to put on this big surge. It wasn't like right. I'm, like, leading. I'm, I'm not chasing Elliot Kipchoge here, you know. Uh, so it's like, I don't know what I'm going to do in New York. Because I do feel like, you know, liquids and you know water and gatorade can be extremely important i mean because that's the last thing you want is to be at mile 23 and you're having the rest of your life and you are just dehydrated and it's too late at that point so like i'm trying to figure out like where i place like how i handle it well i think also it's kind of like also like how you do it right i Mm -hmm. think if you're gonna go to the strategy of like all right and maybe it's even like a game time decision. You, you're you planning on not doing it, but in the moment you're like, I missed the last water stop. Yeah. I need to get something at this one. I yeah, have sorry. to like make the most of this next one. I think the key would be like, all right, making sure that you're maybe getting stuff at the end of the table. It's usually a string of tables, but like at the mm-hmm. end of the station, right? Because you don't want to like stop at the beginning because then all of a sudden you're going to be like, there's going to be people coming at you. Yeah, yeah, you got to be careful where you stop either, in, sure. in the, not the, not, not, I'm not even saying this like, don't get in anyone's way. I'm like, it could be no, kind of bothersome anyone. to you. People like kind of going no. around you to get stuff. Like, yeah, definitely don't get in anyone's the, way though. You yeah, Because you, you can hurt people that way like by that's just true. stopping. That's yeah. true. And I'm saying even if you were like purely selfish about it, which, which you never would be, you still wouldn't want to do it that way because it mm-hmm. would just be disruptive, right? Yeah. So you want to maybe like aim for like near the end of the station to get your stuff there so that where you stop is almost like after the tables. Mm -hmm. So you're not like in like the target zone of like the the group of people around you, especially if it's a more of a condensed group. And that way, like you're at least able to like relax and get your stuff in as opposed to maybe at the front of the table. And all of a sudden it's like, Oh gosh, (laughs) I'm in the middle of like a a storm over here. Then you're playing double dutch to get back in, you know, you know, but yeah, so I I think that, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a game time decision. Cause I think uh, in the, in the past I've had, like issues like hamstring kind of like tightening up a little bit. And I feel like that was probably because of like lack of hydration. And in that race, I was so adamant about this time that I needed to have that 
I probably just didn't get as many as much much fluids as I could have because you know I'm really sh- shitty at the drink thing. Are you a salty sweater? When you say like, so how do you you know you're a salty sweater when you finish and you got sweat salt rings around your face, right? Well, I mean, I think everyone gets, especially in the summer, everyone gets that. I think yeah, it's yeah. more of like, is it on your clothes? Right? No, I don't you, think like, so. I don't think so. Okay. All right. Like, yeah. I guess like, uh, from for like, because the patches that they they sell now, like those are garbage. Like, I, I think that's like the next so, great thing to come out. Like, they can get like actual salt testing stuff for people. I think it'd be so helpful, but um, not just like the lab. You got to create it, man. <laughs> Yeah, great. This isn't this isn't like a corporate meeting. Like, be careful what you suggest. You might be in charge of it. Um, right. <laughs> so, I think like basically, like if your if your clothes like are uh-huh. ridiculous, like you you have like salt salty. crystals yeah, no, no, everywhere, right? Um, no. Then like it becomes a big issue. It's one of those things where like you can't like you can't like calorie your way out of it. Like you have to like right. you know salt sticks or, or the yeah. Or I take, the, um, I've been taking salt sticks lately before a race. Um, I don't take them during the race because I don't I don't think that that's a big issue for me. But okay. I feel like the the knowing that I took it, I feel like it probably helps with push back some cramps a little bit. Um, for sure. And I think you have a nice window too. I think there's like a I think it's like 24 to 36 hour window where you can kind of increase your salt intake oh, yeah, going yeah. into a race. And it does See, this is what nobody talks about. Everybody's talking about carbs. I want salt salt and carbs now. You can put both, man. Who yeah, doesn't do like both. pretzels? Yeah, right, except pretzels, yeah. <laughs> or just get like really salty spaghetti. <laughs> right, right. And I think salt definitely helps in the moment too. I don't want to act like yeah. it does it, but I think yeah, yeah, that you can build up, just like glycogen, you can build up a little bit of a reservoir going in mm-hmm. um, that could probably help you out. Um, it's All not right. like you're running like 100 miles either. You know, I think especially, and nor, nor are you running a summer race, right? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm in true. the Northeast right now. Like it's not that hot. It's, it's cold. So you should, be, you should be good to go. Sure. Yeah. Well, this, this is exciting. All right, we're going to take a quick break right now, and then we'll be right back. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba Effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. All right, we're back. So, and, and, we're, and we're back. And we're back. Um, I like, I like that, com- there was I like only that about commercial. There was about like, like a four second break in the conversation between me and Tom. We didn't even, I didn't even take a pause. Just but like, I appreciate that commercial that you just did. It was great. It was great. You did a really great job. That was a really good ad. Um, everyone should go use that code and or visit that website and or download that app, whatever that, yeah, whatever exactly. that app was. <laughs> yeah, you, you um, do it. So let's talk about the mental side of this because this is a lot to take on. You're doing it very publicly. You got a T-shirt. You got Kira D'Amato buying the T-shirt. She's rocking it. You got all this stuff going on. Also, and this doesn't get, I don't think we talk about this as much as we should on the podcast, especially after uh, marathon season, or maybe even before we should address it, is once you have these big efforts, there can be this mental lag that happens afterwards because it's, it's a goal race and you have this huge, physical exhaustion oftentimes can get combined with a mental exhaustion and bouncing back from that. And how do you do that? So just, I guess, first of all, as you're going into this, doing it publicly, how are you able to mentally compartmentalize the effort from the broadcasting of it and trying to make it so you're not, you know, th- that judgment, negative judgment yeah. isn't something that's bringing you down. Um, yeah. So I, in the first marathon, I absolutely like at one point, maybe like earlier in the race, I've thought about like, dang, like if I don't qualify for Boston in the first race of this, <laughs> this, this tour, then the whole tour is off, you know, like it doesn't even make any sense. So I definitely had that thought. And, but then I just kind of like brought back to the moment. Um, and that's like, that's my whole thing is always just trying to get back to the moment and be like in the now and control what you can control and all that, all those mantras, um, you know, one step at a time, one mile at a time vibe. 
so I know that like I feel really good that the first two first two went well in Chicago. I didn't have a bunch of pressure just because it was like a more of a workout, just get it done. But I definitely knew that I needed to finish the race. So there is that pressure there, and that's okay. And, and I and I as I I've always been very public with like my goals. Um, in the beginning, you know, of this running journey, I've always said I want to qualify qualify for Boston. I, I said what I wanted to run two fifty, you know, before I ran two forty eight. Um, so I, I think that that, you know, if you're okay with having that like somewhat like uh, perceived pressure, I mean, because it's not really pressure. I mean, who cares if you don't do it? You know, like no one cares. But you know, if you're okay with with announcing it, it is kind of cool because it is like that accountability and it does help pull through some of those workouts. It does help you feel like you have more um not more riding on it but more support actually you know like even if there's people out there that want to see you fail like you don't know that so like it sometimes feels like you're doing it for yourself but you're also doing it for the people that have been cheering you on and watching you through your journey and following you and liking your videos and all that stuff so i kind of use it for for more of a mental help and game because um i just feel like i'm not alone um because we even though you know we're out there on this in this race with thousands of other people, sometimes you know running can be is a very uh, lonely effort. You know, and when you can think about like those people that root that were rooting for you because you announced your your goal, um, that helps me a lot too. And then afterwards, um, I don't like I've I've had that I, I don't I don't know if I've really had like the marathon blues yet, um, except for like after Boston, but that's because I was I was upset with the time. Um, but I think that it's it's always helpful to you know, kind of reflect a little bit, like after it happens, like after if you hit your goal or not. It's it's cool to take that time to go back and see like what you learned during this marathon training, like what you learned about yourself during that during that day or during that race, instead of um, thinking like, oh, what do I do next? Like you can take that time to reflect and and take those those um, those lessons that we all learn from running and move on to the next thing, set the next goal, whether it's for, for through work or, you know, family or the next race that you want to sign up for. And I'm definitely a big signer upper of races. So like, it's always like, you know, after New, after New York, um, I know I have Boston in April and I want to do like a half marathon probably in March, you know, so it'll be some time off w much needed and then get back into it. Um, so yeah, set another goal, whether it's work related family or running. And how do you approach the couple days leading into a race, especially like when you're going to Chicago and then mm -hmm. next this time going to New York where um, you may have obligations, whether they're media obligations or other things like you do have a situation where you've worked with uh, you know, various companies, which is really obviously an exciting thing. It's not a negative, but, mm -hmm. you know, there's there's stuff that comes with that um, or I guess I should say and or just you know going to meetups and seeing people and being yeah, just in a very upbeat energetic environment which yeah. for some people i'm looking at myself here like that is fun but also can be can drain me yeah. sometimes of that energy that i'm trying to store for later uh how do you approach that sort of situation um and like so and i approached it in two different ways like so boston i i had i think i had the injury in the back of my mind so i kind of like wanted to live it up on the other side i mean i'm not a partier at all by any means but i definitely did a lot like i had four events prior to the race day um so like that was a lot going on um and i think i did that wrong i probably i, I should have been more more conservative with my with my energy and time and 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 you know, uh, mental space. Um, but then in Chicago, I um, shout out to Gary is a runner. Everybody go follow Gary is a runner. Um, Gary is a guy that I, I run with, and we ac he, we actually drove over to Chicago from Detroit together, um, and I, we stayed in this we stayed in the hotel together, and we both had like this vibe of like definitely wanted to perform on 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 Sunday, but also enjoy some of the experience. So we did a few things like here and there and bounced around a little bit, but we were very adamant about like eating and then like you know sleeping you know like you you, you want to enjoy as much as possible because it is a world major it is a big race it is a thing that you've been training for but try your best to like toe that line of like set a couple things you want to do during the day that's you know uh intense or like energy you know zapping do a couple of those things but then make sure you've prioritized like sitting down sleeping you know all that stuff like i posted something yesterday it's like I don't know when I heard it, but it was like, as you get closer to a marathon, it's like, you know, um, don't don't stand when you can sit and don't sit when you can lay down. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's a, that's a cycling mantra. 
That's is like, it? Okay. Yeah, for cycling, they say the old thing: don't like, don't walk upstairs if you can, you know, stay on yeah. the same floor. Don't yeah. stand if you can sit. Don't sit if you can lay down. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I missed I missed the first part of that. I didn't hear that somebody that was must have been a runner and told and cut off the stairs part. But yeah, like so it's like that that's like the goal is to whenever you can enjoy, but then make sure you prioritize what your actual what you're there for. Um and I think I did that much better in Chicago because I felt great the morning of and everything went well. Um and I didn't I didn't wake up thinking like, damn, like I wish I had gotten some more sleep, you know? And you're someone like with you know, with run three one three and a lot of other stuff you're doing as well. You got the big long runs. I forget the exact name of it, but you like, yeah. the big long runs that pop up in around yeah. your area that you plan. It seems like you are an extroverted person. You're at least out in the community a lot, and you obviously embrace being in your local running community. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, it's out being in groups in that social environment. Is that like, does that give you energy? Does it yeah. kind of take energy away from you? Or is it kind of like it can be an either or situation? Yeah, I'm actually, a, I'm actually a fairly like introverted person. Um, and it's probably hard to believe because I like I put myself in a very extroverted position. Um, but yeah, like so actually when I started running with We Run 313 in uh, Detroit, they, they I didn't go there for friends. I just went there because like, oh, this is a cool vibe. It looks like a really cool experience. But you know, I kind of gained, I definitely gained friends and some I would consider brothers at this point, um, you know, uh, that push each other to reach goals and, and, and train together, work together and all this other stuff. So that gives me like energy just being around people that have the same type goals as me. So I think that's what a big, a big plus to finding a group that that's in your area. Even if you are introverted, there's going to be an introverted person there that just also doesn't want to run alone. You know, um, there's going to be people like you. I think that's one thing we think that we're just always alone or we're the only person that's like us and all this other stuff. But if you get with groups of people that are have similar goals, which is like running or running faster or BQ or whatever the goal is, uh, you'll find somebody that kind of helps you just kind of continue. So like those groups help me just continue and stay you know, diligent in the practice of running and finding out well, what I can do. Um, but yeah, the big ass long run is really cool. It's called the big ass long run. Uh, did, I've done two of them so far. And you guys have just, a pretty wide range of people there. I mean, you got like people who are like trying to be Olympians, and you have other people who yeah, are just yeah, like new to yeah. running. It's a whole group. Yeah, it was because like the because in a lot of cities you don't see you know you don't see the groups actually get together from the cities. You see, there's a bunch of different groups in every city you go to that just know of each other. They're, they're fine. They're not like, there's no beef. It's not like grease well, or whatever. sometimes they have a little undercurrent. Of yeah, a little. I, was, I was gonna say, yeah, there's definitely beef in some groups. Um, but like, you know, I, I, I purposely, I wanted to, it started very selfish. It started very, a vain, it was a vain effort. It was like, we were running one day, we saw this big Peloton of bikes go by. And I was like, damn, Joe, that'd be so sweet if we had a bigger group. Joe, Joe Robinson. We Joe Robinson. So like, we're running with we're, we're a bunch of us are running and it was only like maybe five of us. But so that's like the, you know, in most groups, there's like f- four or five, six people that kind of just in the long run will start pulling away just because of their different goals. And like, and the, the bigger the group, the better, obviously. But um, I was like, dang, it'd be sweet if we had, you know, 20 of us that could do that. You know, that'd be, that'd be dope. And he was like, put it together, you know? So I'm like, so I took the challenge and then I, I, but I reached out to all the groups in the area and said, Hey, you know, we need to do this for our area to get us together and you know don't talk about diversity like bring it together let's do something that's diverse let's do something and like you said it was a it was diverse you know race wise but it was also diverse in talent and 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 ability um and it was just a it's just a fun day i think we had like the first one was like 80 something people came out to 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 rock with it the second time was closer towards like these marathons so it got a little a little weird i think it was maybe 60 people but that's still pretty dope um, but something like that is very inter- energizing because it's like you start you get to talk to people that are going after goals that may be different than yours. But it's like to remember when, you know, not to sound like better than, but like just, you know, you know how it is when somebody calls you about a podcast and you're looking for like, you know, they're just looking for tips. It kind of reminds you of like, mm-hmm. oh, that like I remember feeling that exact same way. And and you realize like how similar you now still feel to some of that, you know, like no matter what our goals are, people are like, oh, you're really fast, Tommy, but there's, I probably feel the same thing about my pace and my effort and the things I've learned from this thing as someone that's just trying to break five or six or seven or whatever. You know, we all have like this same thing. It's just, we're just running at a different pace. We still have the same commitment level at times, the same pain out there. Like you think that like 205 marathoners don't, 
yeah, suffer in a race. They hit. They probably. I'd, I'd venture to guess that they probably go through darker moments than they're than running some at threshold pace the whole <laughs> time. Crazy. Like so, the people go, "Oh, it's, you make it look so easy." Like our faces are. We're just used to making our faces look like we're not in pain. You know, right? We're all suffering. We're all suffering. Right, right. right. Yeah. No, that that's a great point. No, it's funny because like no matter. I didn't even answer our... your question. I don't think, but no, I don't, no, I don't like answering it... questions. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like no matter like what we've achieved or um, the things that we've done in life, maturity wise, or mm-hmm. like even how as we age, I feel like, and maybe I'm wrong because I'm an N of one, right? I only know how I think. Um, <laughs> but it seems as though like our inner monologue like never changes with the mm, context, not right? Really. Like it's always like my inner monologue has like it really. I feel like it's no different than it was when it was like twelve. Like I just yeah. feel like I'm still like that person, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's just like I'm me, like. Everything else may have changed, but I'm still me, you know? And it's funny because, like like you said, like you, unless you get reminded of certain things, you lose track of your context within certain things, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas, like, that's why injuries can be such a crazy thing. You're like, I'm never going to take running for granted again. It's like, no. You, <laughs> and then you take running for granted you again as you, soon as you're you feel take better. Running, <laughs> take running for granted in like, like, in, like, 10 days. You're going to take yeah, it Yeah, 10 granted. days. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, you, like, unless you're jilted out of it, like, you yeah. don't notice it. And then it's so easy just to fall back into it, which is probably, again, you know. I guess that's like, it's almost like 50 first dates. Like the, every day yeah. can't be a brand new wild experience, right? There's mm-hmm. going to be some defaults and some groove lines that we follow. But um, no, you bring up some some good points for sure. So yeah. we got to talk about the shoes too. Let's shoes. talk about the shoes. So you're going to, to New York as part mm-hmm. of a New Balance thing. You love yeah. all sorts of shoes. So let's talk about the shoes that you've worn so far in terms of like your, your race day stuff. And mm. then we'll talk about what you're, what you're gonna be wearing in New York. I feel like I have a good idea because it's a very specific model. Yeah, it's pretty, yeah. That's probably so, gonna be give so me your choice. First first marathon uh, in Erie, I wore the Saucony Pro 3, which nice. had just come out. Um, and I've, I think I've talked about it with you before. I'm wearing them on Sunday for my marathon. It's a good shoe. It's one, so the thing about the Saucony Pro 3 is it's so much better than the Pro 2. like. It's not even, um, I don't even know what they were doing with Pro 2 or Pro 1. But so Pro 3 is actually in the conversation to me as one of the top marathon running shoes that's out right now. Um, and I loved it. Loved. It. I never thought about, you know, sometimes you try a shoe, like as a person that, you know, you know about trying on shoes and things. You'll get in a race and you'll be like, this wasn't the one I should have picked. You know, like I should have picked a different one. I have this other one that I love. Why didn't I pick that one? Didn't think about that at all um, in the in the marathon, which is a ve- the first one was very important because I wanted to make sure I requalified. Um, the second marathon. Hold Chicago. on, let me just talk about the pro thief real quick. Real quick. What yeah, I like yeah. about it for me is, and I'll have to hear your opinion on this. Like, mm. I feel like there's a range of different kind of like even like the best marathon race shoes. There's still a range of like some are more snappy. Mm. And some are more bouncy, right? Like the Alpha Fly is on, on the bouncy side. And maybe like the first Asics Metaspeed Sky is like on the snappy side, right? Yeah. And like for me, I like the the Saucony Pro 3 because it was like right in the middle. Like it had yeah. some snap and it had the bounce. And for me, like I like I like the bouncy side of stuff, but it was like it was comfortable enough where I didn't have to worry about it. But it had some quality bounce, which I was a big fan of. So for mm. me, like that was kind of what I was looking for. And it kind of hit hit the right notes for me. I agree. I think that I think that the it's the closest thing that I've felt to like to the reasons why I like the uh, Vaporfly, the Vaporfly, um, the Nike Vaporfly. So because the Nike Vaporfly was very bouncy, but then it also was 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 um, snappy and it, it the turnover was quick and easy. Um, and the Saucony Pro Three does that for me, and I think it's actually a more comfortable shoe. Like I wouldn't necessarily go for do sure. like a long for run in sure. the Vaporfly unless I had to. Yeah. Um, but I, I would do easy runs in the Pro 3, tempo, you know, intervals, marathon, anything. It's like it's one of those shoes that could you could use for every situation. Yeah. Um, for me, of your for, running for life. the half, I would have to, it would be a hard decision for me between the Vaporfly <clears throat> and the Pro 3. But for a marathon, <clears throat> it's not a hard decision. Like I have oh, you both. Like they're, the... equally, they're equally worn. Yeah. But for me, for a marathon, it's definitely the Pro 3. Okay. Over okay. those yeah, over, over Vaporfly. Yeah, I think because I've done two marathons in the in the Vaporfly, um, one in uh, and I and I definitely was like running in the Pro Three and was like, okay, this is we're good. I don't you don't have to think about these anymore. Just just roll. All right, um, Chicago. 
All right. So Chicago, I wore the uh, Alpha Fly, which is um, funny because I've talked bad about it in the past. So I ran a few different runs in them le- leading up to it. Um, and just to which be honest, one? which Alpha Fly? One or two? The one. The one. Okay. Um, Nike hasn't sent me the the two yet. <laughs> um, so they, uh, I, I, I think I got hyped up with um, Eli Kipchoge and and uh, Kira D'Amato in Berlin, and I had done a couple long runs or workouts in the Alpha Flies prior to that. So I'm like, you know what? I'm, they're going to save my legs. They're nice and bouncy. I just need Chicago to be over and done with and run well. So I said, I'm going to wear the bounciest shoes that, 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 they're out, that are out there. I wore them. Um, I, I, I'm not in love at all by far. Um, I, think they're, I think they're good shoes. I think they're better than I thought they were, but I still don't understand. I, didn't, I still don't see the hype necessarily. I just the only reason why I don't like them is for me I'm a more turnover or oriented I need it to feel like an easier turnover the far, the t- more tired I did get in that marathon it felt like I had to I feel like I just had to do too much with the shoe um you know and I could maybe just for my cadence and my stride or my whatever form maybe it's just not my thing um but others like I mean like they are very bouncy they are very forgiving but I just, they're just not for me. I think it's just too much shoe for me. So I won't yeah, hate on them that, anymore. That, they're that just not for me. That quick form, that quick form, I hear it. That makes sense because they are heavier and like you land it's on just a certain a way, they get that bounce. Yeah. No yeah, and, and, be... and if you're, and if you're oh, missing, and if you're missing like the landing, like, I mean, for me, they're just such an obvious point of where you're supposed to land to do well in them. So like, I felt like you have to like land there and you're mentally like, I have to land here because why would I not land here? The, the freaking pot is there. You, you got to land there. So it just, it seemed like it was just too much for me to think about. I don't know. Right. You know who I think would be like, and I know he wouldn't, I know he wouldn't do it because he runs in Hoka's all the time, but you know who like would be tailor made for that shoe is oh, Hella. Uh, Hella. Yeah. Hella, Hella is like tailor made for yeah. that shoe is born. Hella it's runs like on his Exactly toe. how you'd want to land his big, long strides. Like, I feel yeah. like he's like the exact person yeah. for that shoe. Yeah. Or Elliot Kipchoge. Or Elliot Kipchoge. Of course. Yeah, of course they were, they, they were made with made him in mind. Him. So yeah. yeah. But then even him, like, Oh, he wore the pro two. He wore the two. I mean, the yeah. uh, fly two. But he went back to the Vaporfly for a second, you know? Right, right. I mean, you think about like how far they're running. Because I'm sitting here like, oh, for a half marathon, I would wear. The, I might wear the Vaporfly over the pro three. Like, mm-hmm. he runs the marathon the time I run the half. So I guess from a from a time on feet that's perspective, kinda, it's like the crazy. same question. That's kind of crazy. In Berlin, I was watching. Like, I, I woke up because I'm an idiot. I woke up uh, three in the morning to watch Berlin. Um, and uh, so I really resonated with that Laura Green post that she did. She put up about like hour people. I watch it for hours, you know. So I woke <laughs> up in the morning and watched that. And then when when Elliot Kipchoge was finishing, the people people were still they were still doing corral like gun time. Is that right? When he was finishing, they were letting off people still from the corral in the, in the front. They showed like a quick video back, and they were still doing like the the Berlin clap. I'm like, holy crap. Can you imagine like, being in the corral and them announcing that Elliot Kipchoge just finished? Just broke the world they, they definitely did. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because you know they were going, I mean, they had to. Yeah. And then then you go out. And at that point, if you're starting two hours after the elite, like, do you want to hear that somebody just broke the world record? Or do you I like think, just say like, yo, who? I think you can. Yeah, because it's not like, I think it'd be more disheartening if you're like, Someone who's like, hey, I'm trying to break three. And then, like, you're about to start, and they're like, Elliot Kitchogi is through 25K. You're like, what? <laughs> what? Like, I thought I was good. This guy's at 25K. I haven't started. They, like, like they you just haven't left. started yet. You're like, you know, right. like, someone who, like, is playing pickup basketball for, like, the fifth time isn't, like, comparing yeah. themselves to LeBron James. But, like, this is, like, yeah, true, you know, true, so, true. so you kind of have, like, that yeah. discrepancy. Yeah, yeah. Don't announce to me that where he is. And he, I, f- I feel like I just watched him leave. Don't tell me he's at 5K already. Like, he just left. He just left. I can still see him. What do you mean he's at 5K? Right. What do you What do you mean, sir? <laughs> I can see the lead car right there. Right. That's great. All right. So, and then for New York, there's a pretty obvious choice here, obvious right? Obvious choice. Uh, new, well, I don't, new Balance, um, Super Comp, Elite 3. Um, right, the New it's York not colorway. the RC Elite anymore. It's, it's the it's, SC it's the, Elite. It's SC Elite now. So, it's they took three instead of just going back to one. Um, I don't have the shoe yet. Um, so New Balance, if you're listening, like, I think we could, that'd be great. Um, <laughs> so I think it's going to be a good shoe. I like the RC Elite 2. Um, I hope that there's, I hope the RC, I hope the SC Elite 3 is a little, uh, 
a decent upgrade to the two because I don't think the two for me would have been like a marathon shoe for me. Like I think it's it's not, you know, that bounce to snap ratio. I don't think it had that quite right to me um, okay. in comparison to like the Pro 3 or a Vaporfly. So, um, yeah, I'm hoping that they, they answered some of those questions. Um, I've seen Believe in the Run, they have them. Um, so... I, they say they like them, and I trust them when it comes to shoot reviews. So we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, they they definitely say they like them. I'll tell you, I'm a huge you know this. I'm a huge fan of the RC Elite too. Yeah. For me, those are shoes like I could wear those all day. I just yeah, they're, they're pace, just good shoes. Yeah, I they're like, good shoes. If I ever run, very, ran like, if you were like, hey Matt, similar. you have to run comrades this year, right? So you're gonna do miles do RC Elite too? on pavement. Be like, I'd be wearing the RC Elite too. Like, yeah, I can wear okay. those all day. They're yeah. super comfortable, and they have a high. They have like the thirty-one stack and the four-foot. I'm a four-foot striker. Like for me, like that is that would be the shoe because it's just so you super wear, duper comfortable. So what are you picking? A Pro Three, uh, Saucony Pro Three, or RC Elite Two? So I'm I'm picking the Pro Three for the marathon this okay. weekend. Yeah. Um but like, but for the, the, the thing is, like, I, I've run enough in it to know that I like it. Mm-hmm. No question about it. It's definitely more stiff. Than the RC Elite Two, There's, that, that also is no question. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like the RC Elite Two would be like the kind of shoe if you're like, "Hey Matt, in 2023 you can only wear one shoe." Okay. The whole year, all your training, yeah. you can only wear one shoe the whole year. I'd be like RC Elite Two. Yeah. Period. Okay. End of story. I think that's. Um, the I only, think that the only thing that, that I had trouble with on it would be like, and I didn't have particular. I didn't have trouble with this, but I know Ed Bud, who does the YouTube reviews, like he mm-hmm. had trouble with it, like on slick conditions. He lives in mm. England, so like it's always raining. Um, I never had a problem with it. I think he yeah. like fell the first time he wore a shoe. He, like it's like I love this shoe, but the outsole, man, I just like hit the deck. Um, I didn't have I trouble didn't. with it. I mean, I could see how it doesn't have like a ton of grip for sure. Um, but. But besides that, like I, that shoe fits me in my cadence in my running style. It fits mm-hmm. like a glove. Like, yeah. I mean, I ran CIM last year and I was not ready for it. I just ran it because I was in town mm-hmm. and I was doing media stuff. I was out there for a long time. I was, you know, I basically I finished in like four nineteen or something, and like I wasn't ready to run a marathon, but I just wanted to do it to do it. Mm-hmm. And um, I never had a problem with with the shoe, not once. My, my feet uh-huh. felt great the whole time. I think they're very. I think the RC Elite Two and the Saucony Pro Three are very similar, except for like that ratio that um it feels like there's a little more energy return in the pro three i, I think agree. that's like the difference for me 100 percent. so I hopefully the pro three hopefully the um elite three the new balance elite three has gotten closer to where like that new that saucony is yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense for sure i mean shoot even saucony changed up their formula right if you compare the Power Run PB, it's the same name. Mm-hmm. If you compare, yeah. compare the Power Run PB of the Pro 3 with Power Run PB in the Pro 2, it's not the same. No. It just isn't, right? I mean, the Pro, and the, even if you compare it to the Saucony Tempest, which I, I'm a big fan of that shoe, but if you just like, if you just touch the foams in both shoes, you're like, these are not the same things. Right. right. Like, they're the same name, but they're not the same. No, no. So yeah, I think I think they definitely stepped it up a little bit with that. So that's cool to, cool to see. Well, I'll tell you, the, the colors of the SC Elite three mm-hmm. for the new york version are great like i'm on like yeah. a hiatus i'm not buying any more shoes for a very long time i have way too many shoes but i'm like every day i look at them like i don't know but i really like them. <laughs> i really yeah, like i like, the I, like it. I like them a lot but i'm also interested to see what their inline colors are going to be um you know because like for i mean because it, it's a new york colorway it has a new york marathons you know uh stick or uh, logo on the tongue so it's very you know very much so new york city marathon but i, I can't wait to see like what the inline colors would be like so um because new balance has done a really good job with color schemes just in mm-hmm. general over time uh, i think that has a lot to do with like their lifestyle side of things as well they know how to play with colors pretty good so i can't wait to see what like the the mass offerings are going to be next year when they come out gotta think there's definitely gonna be some of that lime green right because of like something because the, like the, yeah. they've, they've been really been hitting that hard with yeah. the the rebel three yeah they did rebel the three sc racer and yep. with the SC Trainer, like the lime green was like the yeah. first colorway in, in every one of those releases. Yeah, that would uh, that would actually be an interesting color to see on that shoe because it has definitely looks. It, it reminds me. It's like a little bit. It looks a little bit like the S uh, the SC Trainer a little bit, like the way the shoe kind of is shaped, but just on a lower profile. Um, same, un, like if you look at the if you see like the uh, the outsole or the mid midsole, they definitely have that big groove or whatever down the middle mm-hmm. um to kind of help with that energy turn and all that stuff and 
definitely can't run on trails apparently because you get a rock. <laughs> It's so easy to get a rock stuck in the SC. I can't. Trainers. Yeah, same with the Puma. The Puma RC, the, the, the Puma uh, DV Elite. They have the cutout yeah. to show you the, the thing. Yeah. And you're like, I can't, I can't wear this on, 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 on gravel. Um, no, yeah, it'll be quick. Yeah, because you get if you get the lime green and you match it with like a dark blue mm-hmm. or a dark purple, like it, Fit, it yeah. really, it really matches well with that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like that'll be a good, that'll be a good race day kit vibe. Because that's important. Yeah. The race day kits are, that's. That's everything. Forget no your training. No wonder I've been struggling. Yeah, if you're out there listening and you're running <laughs> and you're preparing for a race, um, yeah, hydration, gels, with all that stuff. That's important. Obviously, go get go get yourself some. You can, but you have to. You you get the kit has to be tight. Like you got to go. It has to be right. Like you got to take some time. You got to lay it out. You got to make sure everything matches and you feel good. You know. So are go you going headband? I'm definitely going headband. That's my thing now. Like I definitely have to have a head, but a head tie, not okay. a, like so. Definitely a head tie. Um, it's probably gonna be black. Um, okay. I do arm sleeves every time. So you're not Always gonna go Cobra sleeves. Kai with the, with the headband? Well, it is, it is kind of Cobra Kai because you know, Cobra Kai head tie. You know? Yeah. Like get, yeah, yeah. Because like because the, they got the headbands. It's like you know, like sweatbands or whatever. Right, but yeah, I'm yeah, doing not, head tie. We're not talking. We're not talking about the Tobias Harris. No, definitely Cobra Kai, <laughs> Cobra Kai head tie, um, and then arm sleeves, gloves, and let it rip. Okay, so are arm sleeves a uh, a keep it warm type thing, or is it more of a sweat thing? It's a it's a it's a vibe thing. Oh, um, it no, it will it does it will help with 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 uh with temperature obviously because it's not going to be like hot you know but um it does help with temperature so I can wear the singlet without feeling like I'm going to be too cold but it is definitely a vibe thing um I've run without them before and then at the end of the race I saw my my pictures I'm like dang I should wear my arm sleeves okay. um just because I just like the way it looks it's it's you know. You know, you is, it, be, like, do, is there a certain color, a certain design? What's the no, if, yeah, if, well, if it's a vibes only purchase, then you really have to dial in the look. Yeah, I mean, well, they, they got to match. They got to kind of match and play off what the rest of the kit looks like. So for this case, I think I'm gonna have on black half tights. So I'm going black uh, arm sleeves. I think um, in what did I wear? And I don't even know what I wore. And um, I wore black sleeve, black ones in um, in Chicago. Um, but yeah, I go white. Sometimes you gotta go white. Sometimes you gotta go blue. You know, who knows, man? There's so many colors out there. Well, yeah, we'll see. see if, you, if you're wearing the, the SC Elite Three, it has a very distinctive and prominent yeah. blue. Yeah, but so you then might have to I, go white and black because you don't, yeah, want, you don't have the wrong blue. No, no, no. You can't have the wrong. Blue. Yeah, no, guys, come on. Shame. <laughs> um, so you gotta go like yeah. In this case, you gotta go either black or white. You know, if your shoes are a different weird color and you don't have the thing to match, black is all black or white is always a good option. You know, depending on what the rest of the kit looks like. Right. Like I was watching last night. I was watching the NFL game. So it was um, what was it? It was it was the Cardinals versus the Saints, mm-hmm. and the Cardinals were in their all blacks with red highlights, and one of their defensive backs was in like. Basically, their shoes looked like the Giannis shoes. So it was all yellow. And it was like, it was distracting. Yeah. At, like looking at like the defense. Because like, you can't keep your eye off this guy. Like, I think he was like. You're like, there he is. I think he might have been the nickelback because he was like, kind of like over the slot, the, yeah. the, basically the entire second half. And I think they were playing quarters because he was kind of back farther. But anyway, and he, like, I just kept, I kept looking at this guy. I'm like, he's wearing the yellow shoes. The whole team is black on black on black. Yeah, and he's got and he's got the yellows on. I'm like, gotta have you know, that this guy. is this is like the shooting guard on any basketball team yeah. in history who has to wear different color shoes than everyone else on the team. It's always the shooting guard. Usually yeah. for the, on an NFL team, it's the wide receiver who does that. But I was surprised to see a defensive back go go that route. Yeah, and you, you gotta you gotta do what's gonna have you stand out just a little bit. You know, you want you well, want then to... don't get then make sure you don't get picked on because then then people will, will will see you even even more. Yeah, exactly. Right? Like yeah. if you go that yeah. route, like you better perform. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Yeah. I mean, I don't know because the thing about race day photos is as long as you're looking decent and you don't do have any downstep, no one knows where you are in the race. No one knows that you where you finished that based on that picture. So make you know you want to you want your pictures to look tight. When you see your camera guy coming, compose yourself. That's why. Okay, I'll tell you too. That's why shades are great. Oh, putting on some shades because. A downstep with shades on isn't is not the same as a downstep without glasses on, you know. 
Throw on to See, some, you're, you you're worrying cover. about your eyes. I'm worrying about the double chin. See, like for me, the down step is more double chin oh. related. <laughs> no, than I'm just saying. Else. The shades but, can't help. I might have to wear a buff around my no, neck. No, no, no. You, you'd be surprised. Like if they can't see like that section, like your cheekbones, like drop down an inch. Yeah. You know, if they can't see that that separation in the life, like <laughs> leaving your body, then it's 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 good. So throw some shades on. Get some whatever. I'm like, you know, I don't know any brands to to say to get, but go go get you some. Everyone and likes good pictures, right? They're like the twenty bucks, they be, don't bounce. Yeah, and your pictures will be great, you know. Just it's it's a it's a it's a cheat code for sure. There you go. That sounds good. Tommy, best of luck to you. People want to contact you because they're like, I'm trying to break two two forty five in New York. Mm-hmm. Where can they reach out to you? Where uh just do just plug all the things. All the, th- all the well, things I mean, you got going on. I would say I'd say go to um Instagram. It's at Tommy T O M M I E underscore R U N Z at Tommy Runs on Instagram. Everything is always there. Um, I have the PR Project on YouTube. It's just look up PR Project on YouTube. And then I have the Run, Eat, Sleep Show. And that's on all podcast platforms. If people aren't subscribed to the Run, Eat, Sleep Show, go subscribe. Tommy has, in 2022, I I said this on the air to a different guest, and I meant it, so I don't know if you heard that that episode. Tommy has the best string of guests in 2022 of any running podcast out there. Shut up. Look at the, look at the countdown. You'll know every single name, and they also, not just on the show, but they come on when you want them to come on. So you've had the best lineup of guests in 2022, any running podcast, period. I know it's because you work super hard and you're good at your job, but you're really good at working hard. So, Tommy, thank you for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Best of luck to you in New York. Thank you.